Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth, and today we have a couple in the booth, but first, I would like to throw an ask out there to like and subscribe our podcast. To all you loyal listeners, or maybe this is the first time, if you like it, if this is valuable or interesting or educational, great, like and subscribe. That would be awesome. We really appreciate it. So anyways, the two we have in the booth today are myself, Mitch, and we have Keith. And Keith and I probably haven't been in the booth together for several months, I want to say. I would say maybe even years. It's, 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 been, uh, it's been quite a while. It has been. I want to say at the beginning of the year, we might have done a guide to the market sort of deal. Okay. But yeah. in any event, it has been a while. Yeah. So. It's a, well, it's a, you know, crossover. This is really a crossover. Uh, yeah. So this is a, a crossover event here. Yeah. Uh, yep. Doing something a little bit different. Talking about a, a blog piece that you actually wrote, uh, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Uh, that apparently is, you know, gains some traction, as we say. People are kind of interested in the topic, so we thought we would uh, bring it over to, to podcasts as well, so maybe more people can find out the information about uh, what we're talking about today, which, since it's your blog, I'll let you introduce the topic. <laughs> For sure. And we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here, right? It's like, hey, we got a blog, we got some bullet points to go off of, and and this might even be kind of educational for me, too, because maybe there's something from the international side that I might not think of, primarily working with domestic clients. So this could be kind of fun going along the way as well. And by the way, fun little uh, tidbit here. This morning, there happens to be fire drill testing in our building. So, you know, we're going to edit that out as best as possible. And we're here for the ride. So let's get going on the list here. So the whole thought is, hey, there are times in life where people might lose their job. And it's one of those things that sometimes it comes completely unexpected. Sometimes you might see a writing on the wall, depending on the financial health of your company or, or stage in life or things like that. But in any event, we'll hit some of the highlights here. So, and, and well, highlights is a relative term when you <laughs> lose your job, highlights. you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, I think this is valuable for people as well who may be leaving their job. Obviously not all of it would be applicable. Um, but I think reconsidering some of these things, and thinking about these things in advance, right? The financial planning side of things, um, you know, thinking about these things in advance before you may leave a company. These, these are good things to sort of consider before you, you leave a company as well. Making sure you're kind of itemizing all of the things financially that, and the effects that it may, that it may have. Absolutely. And, and one of the first ones here is just understanding your severance package. So severance is the word that's associated more with maybe a layoff. However, this could also be retirement package, for example, too, because sometimes people get offered an early retirement. Um, so, so there could be some similar, similar um, things that might arise, in, whether it's severance or retirement package. But essentially, you really want to understand what you're getting into, right? So sometimes if it is the form of unexpected layoff, that might be tougher because you, you might feel forced to almost sign that severance agreement right in the, the room before potentially being walked out of the building, um, but really you want to, you want to make sure you know what you're signing and cause sometimes you need to sign, maybe it's a, some sort of non-disparagement clause for your employer. So you don't speak poorly of them upon separation. And then if so, right, then, then you can collect your severance, for example. And it's a case where if you're uncomfortable with what you're signing, it's a good idea to have a lawyer review it. Um, many times though, I'll be honest, these are pretty boilerplate language that, that firms use. But, you know, if you're uncomfortable with it, it's a good idea. Don't talk to us, you know, talk to a lawyer to review any. We legal. do not offer legal uh, yeah. advice. 
talk to a lawyer to review any any legal document if you're not comfortable with it, or if it's something like an early retirement, or a, or if you have stock options and things like that. You'll want to make sure you understand exactly what's happening with all of those things before you leave the company. So it's not a bad idea. They may be pressuring you to sign it right away before you leave, but it's not a bad idea to, to walk through these things. For sure, for sure. Because in a lot of cases, they, they kind of want you to sign, get it over with, and just yeah. kind of turn the chapter. Um, so that's a very good point. Speaking of, of that, equity compensation is another one on the list here. Uh, so Keith, you mentioned stock options, and there's mm-hmm. many flavors of it. I've written different blogs about that and been on podcasts and things like that. But generally speaking, equity compensation, stock options from your employer, right? We'll, we'll kind of treat those synonymously for today's purposes. Um, when it comes to something that, let, let's say it's more of the the planned side of things, right? So unexpected layoff might be one thing and what might not be vested, that might just suck and you're not yeah. vested, right? And, and yeah. you no longer have a- access to those. However, if you're making a proactive decision to leave, that is a very different consideration. Hey, is there a big vest date that's coming up yeah. where all of a sudden this could be the difference in your net worth to the tune of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or more maybe depending on, on the state of your situation and, and company and things like that. But there is a very real consideration if if you have some control and, and yeah. separation from well, the company and, there. And then as well with, with some of the things with, uh, you know, severance as well. One thing, and, and you mentioned in the piece, it's a good idea as well. You mentioned, you know, talking with your accountant because one thing that may happen is you may have to exercise options suddenly and you want to get a handle on what the tax effects are going to be of having to exercise these options, right? Oh my goodness, you know, I'm I, I'm going to have a big tax bill here or, you know, certain situations as well. What sometimes happens is you, you lose a position you get this tax bill, it may affect other things as well. You know, you have kids in college. What are the, the financial, you know, financial aid considerations of having this big lump sum payout? And this goes back again to like the severance idea, right? So it's something that you want to consider. And I think also, you know, like you said, this also applies if it's a planned severance or leaving of a job or a mutually agreed upon leaving of a job <laughs> like an early retirement, right? You want to be aware of all of what those tax consequences are going to be of the the equity compensation of 401k plans of all of those things before you sign on the dotted line. And if it's an early retirement, hey, is there something that can be negotiated to lower some of those those tax considerations? For sure. For sure. And it's really common if you have stock options, your plan document will, will govern. But it's very common where you might have 90 days, let's say, to exercise some sort of vested option that you have. And if that's the case too, speaking of, of tax years, let's say you get laid off at the end of the year and then all of a sudden, Merry Christmas. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, kids, no, no presents this year. Um, but in all seriousness, that 90 days could spread into two different tax years, right? So yep. then there's a decision to be made coordinated with, with your planner, with your accountant. What happens if I'm exercising some incentive stock option in, this year, 2023, at the time of recording, or does that you know bleed into something like the following tax year? Because yeah, that could like, very much matter too, especially yeah. depending on when you plan on going back to work, if you plan on going back to work, those sorts of things, depending yeah. on your scenario. If, if all of a sudden next year it's an early retirement package, or some, or you're at a position where you look at you run the numbers and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, yes, it stinks, you know, hurts to lose the job, but financially, I don't need to go back to work. Maybe I'm gonna, you know, kind of 
regroup here, take a sabbatical. Yep. And in those cases, you can basically, you know, look at, okay, let's postpone if I can until next year to lower my, my tax bill. Ultimately, you know, works pretty well then. Yes. From that standpoint. Absolutely. Know. So another, another thing too, we'll, we'll switch topics a little bit, but it's, it's incredibly important and that is health insurance. So, and this is true of any time you, you leave employers, right? So whether it's, it's severance or, or layoff, I should say, um, you might have access to COBRA or, or planned retirement. And, and just for people at home, you know, COBRA, how does that work out? What do you get from that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So usually you get 18 months. Um, that's an, it depends, right? But usually you'll get 18 months. So if you are on the health and the group health insurance plan from your employer, you part ways, you usually get 18 months to continue on the same health plan. The big thing that people sometimes are surprised of is you are then responsible for all of the premium that's being paid. You're actually up to 102% of premium. That 2% is basically for administrative charges and things. But people are surprised sometimes at how much their their employer, or in this case, their past employer, is contributing towards the premiums for health insurance. And that's a big benefit to you as an employee while you're employed. So all of a sudden you might be on the hook if you, maybe for doctors or coverage or certain care that you need, you want to stay on that existing plan. Great. You can through Cobra, your premiums are likely going up, assuming that your employer was covering a chunk of that, that premium. So some people can be surprised by how expensive that can get. Yeah. And, and it's a case in, in insurance, it's weighing a couple of things, right? If you have kids on the plan, you know, what, what does it look like to shift? Um, the other thing is, you know, and, and this is mentioned in the blog post as well. Does your spouse have a plan? If you can get on your spouse's plan, get your kids on your spouse's plan, that's a good option. The other option beyond COBRA is looking at, you know, the health insurance exchanges, commonly known as Obamacare. Generally, losing employment is considered a qualifying event, so you don't have to wait for an open enrollment period. And a lot of times people find that to be more economical. You know, if you're married, your kids can maybe go on your spouse's plan for not too much extra, but you're going to be a big jump for them. In which case you look at, at the, you know, options on the, the health insurance plan. And in a lot of cases, you know, um, if you're not married uh, and you're unemployed, uh, looking at the, the health in- exchange plans may work great because you may be eligible for subsidies in this place. And I think this is really important as well for people to think about. You know, frequently when people lose their jobs, um, they think, well, you know, uh, I'm not one of those people who takes unemployment insurance, which is another topic for, for folks, or I'm not the... The truth of the matter is unemployment insurance is an insurance program. You have paid money into that. You're getting your own insurance premiums back. Um, I think something very similar for people who might need sub- subsidized health care. You know, you have paid into this system. It's a good idea should you need it to look at at those things. So don't let kind of a foolish pride, you know, prevent you from taking, from using the, the things that you've paid for, right? Correct. And and each state's program is going to be a little bit different, but generally you got to file a claim every week and there's certain qualifications that you need to show that, yes, you are searching for a job or you applied for a job, something like that. And depending on your severance package too, you may or may not qualify, but but you should file the claim. Yep. To Keith's point, you, you know, you've been paying into this program. It's yeah. an insurance policy. 
you know, and, and people think, oh, I'm taking advantage of the system or something like that. No, you're you're getting back. It's an insurance program. It's it's unemployment insurance, and it's something that you paid for. You wouldn't feel bad, you know. You don't feel bad about going to the doctor for using health insurance. You don't feel bad if you if something happens to you and your life insurance premium pays out. Um, you know, these are are things that you've you've paid for. Life insurance is another consideration, right? If you're leaving a job, what what should people be aware of there? Yeah, it, it depends on if if your your employer has a group plan. So if you have a group plan, you're participating, and that's your only life insurance then you probably want to take a look at getting some sort of supplemental policy. So, and, and everyone's life insurance needs are going to be different. Yeah. If depending you're single, on if you have, yeah, yeah. If you're single, wife or, yeah. or husband or spouse, I should say kids, dependents, you know, if you have a big mortgage or th- those sorts of things, right? Everyone's needs are going to be different for life insurance. But if you have a need for life insurance, I'll say, and all of a sudden your group plan goes away, you should reassess, okay, how am I getting some sort of supplemental policy that I can procure that, okay, not only will I get my next job, but then even if I change jobs again, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's going to be independent of the employer that you have at the time. Well, and, and I think as well, generally those, you know, just as a general financial advising point, those coverage, the coverages you get from your employer aren't necessarily going to meet all of your needs. It might be one um, X salary by yeah, default. Yeah, one year salary, two year salary. I mean, good for covering the costs of a funeral. Maybe you know, bridging some of the gap. These those may pay out more than that, or pay out quicker than a policy that you may have procured on your own. But generally, they're not, um, you know, something that's going to cover everything that you might need for insurance for kids for you know all of that. So it's a case where. Thinking about it from that perspective is, is, you know, something that you need to consider in terms of life insurance and, and so on and so forth. So, but, you know, life insurance is a, is a cost that we pay every month. And suddenly, right, we're doing some belt tightening in many cases if we've lost employment or something like that. And you want to make sure, you know, if you have a supplemental policy, see what options you do have. Some some plans do offer kind of an unemployment insurance where if you, you know, you pay a little extra earlier or after, but you can miss payments on them. Yep. Um, but you don't want to let that lapse, you know, if you're, if you've got term or if you've got, you know, uh, variable or, or whole life or any of those things, you don't necessarily want them to lapse because all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're looking at, re-upping that that insurance at a higher premium when you get a job and that's gonna you know hold you back down the line so it's something you want to think about there and then the other thing with things like whole life or variable there may be a way of using instead of having the dividend buy more insurance have the dividend pay your current policy that you can adjust for that so i think insurance is another area where working with your financial advisor working with a, a independent insurance agent to just make sure you're doing everything you can to keep those policies, but also keep your, your budget intact are, are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about retirement plans in general. And there's some overlap actually between what we we're talking about on, on your stock options or equity compensation, for example, with the idea of, of vesting, right? So depending on how long you've been in the employer, 
you may or may not be fully vested in something like your 401k that's offered at, at your employer. As we mentioned earlier, we actually had a little fire alarm. So I'm going to pick up on retirement plans. And we were talking about vesting and retirement plans. And um, essentially, depending on if, if it's if, if the ball's in your court, choosing a little bit proactive retirement, um, you know, if you've been an employer for a, a smaller amount of time, right, you may or may not be fully vested if they have some sort of four-year vesting schedule to be fully vested in the employer match of your 401k. And that's something to consider when it comes to planning. And it's real money, right? You, do, you yeah. never want to leave real well, money you know, and, and on the, the table. And the other thing that I always tell people are their 401k plans, if they're getting a match, right? You know, you, you may be a good investor. I may be a good investor, but we're never going to get 100% immediately from your money, right? And that's where the, the vast thing does come in. Um, and it's something to pay attention to. I think, you know, in most cases now, more and more 401k plans, that four-year vesting schedule is getting less and less prevalent. You might see a one-year vest or something like that. Um, but it's something to be, pay attention to. But I think that, you know, the other thing, in certain cases, if this is an unexpected layoff, it's really out of your control if you're going to get, you know, that vest or not. The question then becomes, what do you do with that check, What with that money that you've been putting in? If you've been putting in for less than a year, you know, and you're shifting over to uh, being unemployed, it's a good time to consider something like a Roth conversion, right? Um, if if you're not looking at a need for cash immediately, uh, taking that money, looking at, oh, my, my income tax rate is going to go down coming up here, maybe even this year, um, you know, good time to take money that I put in at a higher tax rate and move it over to a Roth plan, especially if you're in that shorter term having built up because it's going to be a lot less money than somebody who's been with a company for 20 or 25 years, right? Um, so that's one big consideration. The other is find out how much time, you know, more and more employers are not letting you just kind of coast with your 401k with them because they pay fees and charges on it. So they ask you to move your 401k out into a, a rollover, obviously, as financial advisors, we do these kind of rollovers all the time. So we're happy to help, you know, structure that. And then, you know, think about, okay, do I have to take a rollover? You know, where, where should I go with my rollover? If I have a financial advisor, probably a good time to reach out to them to talk about what the strategy is for that. But also thinking about things like that Roth conversion. Also, you know, it's very tempting. This is a pocket of money that you have and you've suddenly lost your salary to just cash it out, right, and, and take it. And that's not always a very good idea because you've, you know, built up these these savings, and one of the big advantages is, you know, the tax deferral. So we would encourage that to be the last place you sort of look for pulling cash out. But you got to eat, right? Yep, and yep. so it may be the case where that's, if you walk through all of your options, maybe this is the best option for you in terms of, rolling it, cashing it out, starting over, particularly depending on where you are in, in your career and where you are with this job versus previous jobs versus previous retirement savings versus other kind of items that you have on your, you know, in your in your various bank accounts and stock accounts and so on. For sure. And, and at the beginning, it, there might be a little bit of an adjustment period, I'll say. In the, in the case of layoff, it might be shock, right? If it's planned, 
that, that doesn't mean it's, it's shock, but it's just more of an adjustment period, I'll say. And, and hopefully your cash reserves are in place, like Keith was saying. You know, we always talk about emergency fund. You don't want to just throw everything into um, some investment that you can't touch, for example. You still want some short-term liquidity for events like this when life changes because things happen. You still need to pay a mortgage, let's say, and feed the family and all those different things, right? Pay your utilities, those sorts of things. Um, and we actually didn't even address that at the beginning, so I'll address it now. Um, but that said, hopefully emergency funds in place and some of your short-term liquidity needs are met. But Keith brings up a really interesting point that there's actually a lot of proactive planning situations that arise when it comes to changing jobs, having less income in a tax year, all those sorts of things, whether it is Roth conversion, which he just mentioned, um, you know, realizing gains or something like that in something. So there, there can be a lot of strategic proactive things that you can do as well during this time period. Once those initial things settle down, yes, you want to make sure you have cash for your short-term needs. Yes. You want to make sure you have health insurance, the things that we've talked about earlier on in this list, but, but Hey, let's be proactive. This could be a time to, to actually set you up even better for the long term potentially. Yeah. I think if you, you know, if you're in a situation where you've addressed those things and you know, one of the things you mentioned in, in the blog is, you know, kind of identifying the emotional needs and, and, you know, it's a shock, you know, getting laid off, even if it's in semi-planned early retirement or, you know, something where you have a little bit more control over the timing or whatnot, it's still a shock and there is an emotional adjustment. And we don't want to, you know, we're not trying to be Pollyanna here, you know, oh, every, you know, every, you know, gray cloud has a silver lining, God, you know, closes a door, opens a window kind of thing. But there are financially, you know, emotionally, this is going to be a hard time, but financially there are things that can be done that, that, move move you forward taking advantage of of your overall kind of financial situation also i think it can be a good time for people to reflect on what they want to do big picture right mm-hmm. um you know is this the career i want long term or is it time to look at going back to school looking at other kind of options and shifting you know mitch and i have both shifted careers yep we didn't start as financial advisors and, you know, most of the guys in the office are very similar in that they didn't start as financial advisors. And so we, we have had the first hand experience of looking at, you know, the, w- the career you're in and going, ah, eh, maybe this isn't the right fit, especially, you know, maybe you were in a highly pressured, uh, you know, career and you can look at this as a chance to move to something that you're, you're, you review your financial plan, you know, as long as you don't, bleed your 401k dry in the next couple of years, it'll grow. And maybe you can find something that you feel emotionally better about in the long run. So, you know, I think ultimately, you know, we're here to help and in whatever way we can as advisors, Um, you know, and one thing I'll say on the international side is, is this is a very different conversation in a lot of cases, just because it's much harder to fire people in a lot of countries uh, you know, the idea of a right to work state may not exist in the same way in Germany or, or, you know, France. And generally there's a lot more lead time on any layoffs and so on and so forth. So, uh, something there to, to consider, you know, differences in, in talking about those things. Um, but I do think, you know, it's a case where you can evaluate this and say, you know, okay, what, what can I do? How can I set myself up? So I, I come out of this in a, in a better position. 
Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we've done quite frequently, actually, I know, know in my experience, at least for clients is they say, Hey, I was making this really high salary with all these different forms of compensation and, and, um, an opportunity like this presents itself where they say, what would it look like if I take a huge haircut, maybe 50%, you know, I might be taking a 50% haircut. And what does this look like? Can I still make this work? Does my long-term plan look or how does that my long-term plan look? And, and we can help tweak and, and figure out if you do that, right. You're going to be more fulfilled. Let's say it's going to be more rewarding. You get more of that emotional piece. Um, and, and sure adjustments may need to very well be made, but we can at least hopefully give you a little bit of confidence in that decision, knowing that if I'm going to take a, a career change or take a step back, um, work for a nonprofit, who knows what it might be, right? But hopefully we can give you the confidence that that it's absolutely possible or if it's not possible, right? What yep. would need to happen to make it possible? Yep. Yep. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, uh, as we say in our mission statement, confidence and clarity about your, your Confidence and clarity. Future. Future. So, uh, in honor of my colleague Stan, just a reminder: if you've enjoyed our contact uh, content, smash that like button, uh, and smash it, smash it, uh, and feel free to subscribe to our channel. If you have questions about any of these issues, feel free to reach out to to Mitch or myself or any of the advisors here at, at Walkner Con, and we, we're here to help. And we know it's a difficult time uh, in these situations as well. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.